0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.
1: You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: everyone and thank you so much for being an intentional spirit first and foremost and thank you for being on our show and we love uh, hearing from you and getting your positive feedback about the various um, profound people that we feature each and every week people that are intentional people that are willing to be different and that being said wow do we have uh, I love it when we have just something unique and different Uh, I mean I love all of our you know information from our guests but today we're talking with Janie Beauclair and she is a clairvoyant gourmet. So what an exciting show we have in store for you. Janie welcome to our show I'm so glad you're here.
3: Hi and thank you for having me it's a pleasure to be on the show with you today my dear. Absolutely and and, and I've I mean, talk about divine appointment.
2: How Janie Beauclair wound up being Claire, a buoyant, gourmet. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> before we delve into uh, the incredible work you've been doing, um, how did you get on this journey, this path, this not being in the in the, the being unique? Let's just say that.
3: Well, that's a beautiful way to say it. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, it was a, it's one of those things where born this way, um, I was actually born clairvoyant. My mom is also clairvoyant. My grandmother also was. And um, the interesting thing was I had no idea that I was different from anybody until probably my senior year in high school. <laughs> um My mom says when I was, you know, four or five years old, I'd have all the neighborhood kids sitting on the living room floor, and I'd give them all readings and basically tell them what they were going to be when they grew up, and for me, I just thought that was normal. That's what we did. We heard people talk to us from the other side, and we uh, gave advice uh, based from our intuition, and I thought that's what the whole world did until I started to um, get through high school and was getting ready to go into college and... I had somebody say to me, you know, everybody comes to you because you're the one with all the wisdom. And i say to my mom, how come everybody thinks I have this wisdom? And she's like, well, because you're clairvoyant, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a, it was a, a real interesting road um, in the beginning because I just thought I was just normal. But, um, and where were I, you in, um, a, what
2: area of the country were you in high school?
3: I was in Sarasota, Florida for high school. Uh, I grew up in New England, so I started out born in New Hampshire, spent 12 years in Connecticut, and then when I was 13, moved to Florida and um, stayed there for 30-something years. Um, So interestingly, uh, when I had that little conversation with my mom and really got the reality check of, no, you're a little bit different in the way you think than the others around you, so... You know, understand why they come to you and that type of thing. So I wrapped my head around that and didn't really change anything for me uh, or about myself. You know, just kept on doing what I have always had done. And about 20 years forward, I started doing readings for other people publicly, as in I started to get this great desire to walk up to complete strangers and restaurants and tell them that I was seeing their loved ones standing behind them or with them or, or whatever, and uh, started to just feel the, the need to have to help people reconcile with things that were going on with them. And uh, from that point forward, from the very first time that I walked up to a couple and, and uh, said to them, interestingly, it was on Angel Mountain in California, <laughs> Right, Angel Mountain. You gotta right. love that. Uh-huh. That's so, a, uh-huh. I'm That's in a, a restaurant, and, right? I see this couple and I see this young man standing between them, and uh, he was a spirit standing there. And I said to my husband, I'm, I want to go tell these people. I see this child, and the, the child wants to talk to these people, and I feel like I really need to do that. And he encouraged me to go talk to them, and you know, maybe I could enlighten them as to something. And so I did. I got the nerve to walk up, first time, complete stranger thing, and it turned out to be their son who had died in a car accident two weeks earlier. And they were so grateful for the connection and the conversation that they got to have that it really inspired me to continue to do this and share the gift. And so from that point forward, I've done readings of every sort. You can imagine from people in prison to... uh, um, Police departments helping them find people who are missing and just a whole variety of really unique styled readings, which is how the Clairvoyant Gourmet came about. The Clairvoyant Gourmet started when I was doing a reading for a young lady. She was doing a family tree. She had gotten back seven years, seven generations, and she was looking to fill in the blank and see if she could figure out you know, which cousin was married to this one and that one, and she had a whole list prepared of what she was hoping to find out, names of this one and that one. And what came through was nine generations back, uh, a great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother um, who, who had been um, killed in Germany in the uh, when they gassed all the people, and she was coming through to share heirloom recipes that had never been able to be passed on because she died with the recipes, and so she started spitting out these literally these recipes for this young lady and we wrote it down and she tried it out and it turned out to actually be edible and, (laughs) and all that fun stuff so from that point forward we were so she and I were so fascinated that she was getting to share with her family and all the generations below. A recipe that came from nine generations back it was just fascinating so um, from that point forward I started to ask whenever you know whenever I'm doing a reading for someone I will say um, to the angels and the spirit and their their people or whoever wants to give them guidance I always say if there's a family heirloom recipe that you'd like to pass on to the family we welcome that suggestion as well and Probably 75% of the time, I get a recipe now with the with the readings. It's some kind of a, a kitchen delight, uh, a treat spoken about, and, and they will talk about how the family loved it and in what way they served it and what the family looked like at the time of eating, like they'll describe their supper table or their, their dinners or... Uh, how they used to pick the food necessary to make the meal or where it came from. So they'll give some real history to whoever is having the reading um, on how the food and the love around the food in the kitchen all worked for them. So I found that really fascinating, and I decided that I really wanted to reach more into that realm um, and I did that with my own family where my mother was trying to get a recipe for rhubarb pie, which was something that her grandmother and mother used to make. And uh, they came through and they gave her the recipe. And I thought, this this really inspires me because
2: it allows
3: people to learn about the love in the kitchen, the love of family around the table, the special hour that families would share together from family members that you never met before, you know, family members that are so many generations back that you'd have no way to receive that knowledge. And it seems to empower people nowadays in, and give them beautiful lineage and stories to share with their children and their grandchildren and continue the lifeline of their their descendants. So I think it's pretty cool. I think it's very, very cool. As a matter of fact,
2: I was—I um, had an appointment yesterday with um, a woman that we. Oh my, she's into science and she's been into medicine, and she's just one of those um, genius kind of people that when you're in the midst of her, it's like you just want to take in everything she's saying from a multidimensional perspective because she's just really all that, you know. And yeah. we were talking about. Um, deja vu you know Mm -hmm. that how you know often people will say oh uh, yeah I'm getting that deja vu feeling and it becomes a word like
4: authenticity or you know whatever it becomes a word with a label but um, we elaborated
2: and and we were talking about how that part of it is also um, we have so many different uh, you know cellular memories and the me- molecular memories of how you can go into, and there's a reason that this is applicable to what you're talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're wondering, sure. like, where are we going? Uh, we're going down a journey. Are we going somewhere? So, uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I like uh, journeys. It's cool. Uh, we're talking about how you walk into a room and, you you know, you smell grandmother's favorite bread, you know. Or I've been somewhere, like, even in Europe, and a smell would come over me and I would it I would reflect around one of my family members or you know, yeah. my my other grandmother's favorite fudge and so it's so it it's so neat you know and, and, and on many different levels you know what you're doing and what you're offering, and you've de- developed such a niche for it. But the one thing that I was curious about, um, because if I'm if I'm doing the years correctly, I mean, wasn't it somewhat bodacious in high school? I mean, you you must have missed the class I had to take, where so many people thought you were just weird. You know, did you miss that class? You didn't have to go to that class. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> it sounds like, like it. It sounds like. You know, your family fully supported your gifts and, you know, kind of were aware of, you know, how you were talented?
3: Well, let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, they didn't give a, you know what, (laughs) they could care less. (laughs) They didn't think I was special at all. I was the baby and I was the brat and that was it. (laughs) Right. So, siblings were not affected any and my parents never treated me any different, so, um, there was no emphasis or catering to or anything like that. Um, it was just I grew up just normal childhood, but like all of my friends and neighbors and all of that. In school, what I, what I, when I look back now, what I find to be really interesting is I never had to do very much studying to get straight A's. I always got A's, and I didn't have to put much effort into it. But what I realize now is that I was pulling information from spirit and from people who had passed. Like an example, in science class, I never cared for science. It wasn't one of my favorite things, but I always got decent grades because when we would learn about uh, a certain scientist and what he created, I would tune into that scientist and go, okay, so how did you do that again because i don't quite understand and i would really get a full understanding of whatever it was in school from whoever had actually created it and i realized that now that i was you know feeding off of people who had passed on who we were learning about in school and understanding more clearly because i was getting it straight from the horse's mouth now I didn't realize that the rest of the world didn't see that and that that was just something that was special to me. But because I got such good grades all the time, people would always come to me, and that was what led them to me in the first place. It wasn't because they thought, oh, you're clairvoyant, because that wasn't even a word that ever came out of my mouth until well into my 20s. Um, But it was more that, oh, you're smart, so you must know things. So we're coming to you for advice. It was more like that. So I didn't get put in the weird category. I got put in the smarty pants category, which thank it's God. It, yeah, <laughs> I'm thankful for is. that. It's wonderful that that wound up to be a part of your journey of
2: unfoldment. And very encouraging, you know, for people that are listening out there. And that's one reason why, you know, some of the questions I like to ask, because I know that we have a lot of seekers and activists and healers and people that are clairvoyant that listen to our show from all over the world. and Or they're just starting to tap into that, you know. So I just...
3: i there been I'll say something any? that was something that was interesting was how the teachers handled me. Um, I had English teachers who put me in drama because they thought my stories were so creative. Well they weren't stories uh, it, this was what I was getting <laughs> it was my channeling <laughs> <or> tuning in <laughs> So well, I was mean. in dra- you drama classes in a different drama class than I did. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, they it's had like, me well, drama. Goes. She's and a they had we mean... don't understand her, and she's just full of drama. So like, that was a different class, but anyway. <laughs> yes, yeah, so okay. I was in theater. <laughs> well, aside, so, we're having a great time talking with Janie Beauclair today. She is the Clairvoyant
2: Gourmet. She does readings with people from all over the world. And her niche now is, in addition to her other gifts, Um, of being a revealer and a, a psychic is that she's able to share information from lineage of many years, many generations of recipes and different things from our family line, which is really, really powerful. You can go to her website. Do you want to use the one, Janie, with your name?
3: Sure, you have an option. You can either go to the Clairvoyant Gourmet, or you can go to Janie Boisclair. It's B-O-I-S-C-L-A-I-R. It's how spelled. dot com. Um, and there's a, a lot of really cool information on feeding your chakras, which is part of uh, this whole clairvoyant gourmet thing. I learned how to how important it was to feed your chakra centers, which are your energy centers in your body, to relate to your soul, to connect to spirit and how important cooking and feeding yourself in a certain manner is to how you survive and how you live healthy. And, um, and that was all part of the clairvoyant gourmet reality in some of the readings that I get are pertaining to people who are sick or have some kind of an illness um, and have you know either a terminal or have had a really rough run in their health. And what I was learning from spirit is all about the chakra centers, And so each of your seven chakra centers that are in your body, they all run certain organs and they all run certain systems, nervous system, blood systems, you know, different systems and and, um, muscles and all that. So what I learned is that if you keep those certain centers, energy centers, clear and healthy, then you're... Connecting, you're able to connect the spirit and understand the communication much easier, which I had no idea. And in learning that, I also learned, geez, if someone has a sickness and it's in their lower abdomen perhaps, then if they looked at their root chakra, which is in the, in the lower abdomen area, and they matched it to the foods that feed that energy source, they can actually help their bodies to heal themselves so I created on my website I have a full page on how to feed your chakras and it shows what chakras feed which energy sources with which foods for which organs so it clearly spells it all out like if you were to eat blueberries blue is associated with your throat chakra And if you're having a tough time communicating with somebody or you've had an argument with someone or there's something that you need to say and you haven't said it, then you could have cloudiness in your throat chakra. And the throat chakra is related to the color blue. Well, if you eat blue food, blue plums, blueberries, anything in the blue world, then you are feeding that chakra to clear the energy which will in turn allow you to be able to communicate the things you want to communicate. It's all tied together, and Amy, don't there's not p- see chocolate on there. Chocolate actually is on there. I chocolate thought, well, and coffee. That would be encouraging for those of you that still
2: want to go there. Uh,
3: oh, absolutely! <laughs>
2: Clairvoyant gourmet, and you can go right on the page, and and she has these beautiful images of all the things that you eat pertaining to the colors of the chakras. That's I've never really seen it expressed this way. That's really cool.
3: Well, I needed it to be really clear for me to understand it. So originally I created those pages for myself, and I had literally like little pasted cut-out paper things, that I was going, okay, now I get it. This works with that. That works with that. This works with that. So then once I finally put it all together for myself to have this scientific understanding of it, because I, I kind of like to know the the real science behind it, will this really heal parts of my body? Will this really do what it says, you know? Um So in order to to satisfy my own curiosity, I really had to lay myself out these little charts and look at and experiment with them. And and I've done so with not only myself but with others. But now that I've got this knowledge, what's happening for me is spirit will come through during readings and say, discuss this person's this chakra, feeding this organ because this organ is what is the problem and, and the situation that they're having. So I'll get food advice on how to help them medically with whatever might be ailing them. And that I find really interesting. There was a young lady, and this is a really cool example. Uh, About three weeks ago, I did a reading with this young lady. Her mother gave her up for adoption when she was very young. I want to say she was three. So she didn't know her mother. Um, And her mother passed on, and the young lady now is in her 50s. And the mother came through and said, um, tell my daughter she needs to use coconut, a lot of coconut, coconut oil, and uh, any form of coconut and try to eat it daily. And I asked the daughter, I said, do you eat coconut? She goes, I really don't. I don't eat coconut at all. And so the mother came through to say what the ailment was that the daughter had, which the daughter hadn't discussed that with me at all. So the mom came through to say, this is what's going on with you, and there's a history of this in our bloodline, and if you put coconut into your diet, you will find great relief for that issue. Well, the daughter looks at me and says, years ago, I was in, I think it was Indonesia. She was on a, a vacation, and she said, I had the worst pain in my stomach. I was sick. I was going through terrible pain. And this young man climbed a tree, grabbed a coconut, poked a hole in it, put a straw in it, and made me drink the coconut milk. And 15 minutes later, I felt great. And, so, and this was like 20 years earlier. So she was like, wow, that totally makes sense to me that that would work to soothe what's happening in my stomach. So interestingly, the young lady was also having issues um, with uh, clarity, and she was feeling very foggy. Well, coconut actually is white, and white food is what you use for your third eye and your crown chakra. So, you know, things like turnips and um, garlic and anything that's white. So um, she says, well, the coconut's probably going to work to clear up my fugginess that I'm experiencing as well. So that came straight from the mother, straight from spirit, and, and really... Now, interestingly, the girl reaches out to me every couple of days saying, I'm using coconut oil to cook my fish. I'm using coconut slices. And, you know, she's doing all these coconut recipes now as a result of the guidance from her mom, which was food-related, on how to help her heal herself. That's so incredible. love that. I know. I know. Your work is just so rewarding. It's so neat to know that there are so many aspects to food and love that work hand-in-hand with the body. You know, when I say in love, um, for our family, dinner was always a really special time. Uh, If you weren't at that table when it was time to eat, there was going to be a big issue. Uh, All four children, and mom and dad, and both sets of grandparents that lived with us, uh, everybody had to be at the table to eat together. And It was such a loving experience all the time because you'd share your day, you'd share your experiences, you'd laugh, you'd giggle, and you'd break bread together. And that whole experience of love around food still seems to come through pretty strongly after those people have crossed over. And so getting the recipes for me, it just brings such a feeling of love and emotion into the reading for that person because the kitchen has always been a sacred spot for love, love and family. And interesting also is, you know, people always say, everybody hangs out in the kitchen for a party. Why is that? Because that's where they have their most loved memories, their most fun, fond memories come from the kitchen. That's so true.
2: I used to teach many years ago uh, from the
3: I didn't catch you there. Did I miss you?
1: and more vibrant. Do you have a specific issue or topic you'd like to discuss with Coach Carla? Call in toll-free, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. during Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes.
2: Welcome back everyone and I would urge you to Google Clairvoyant Gourmet or to look up uh, Janie Bauclair's B-O-I-S-C-L-A-I-R dot com. Janie Bosclair, her website so you can find out about her recipes. Um, she also has a phenomenal book. That you can order called, I'm Living with Angels, Conversations with Those Who Have Crossed. So, one of the points when you were talking about food and memory and love and how it is amazing people build these huge homes and they have a party and... The whole evening, everybody's hanging out around the kitchen bar. That always just fascinates me, you know, and that's just, the, you know, the way it is. I mean, like in spiritual communities, uh, different classes where you want people to stay. We have a catering company, our own cafe here for that For that, along with many other reasons, but we have food here all the time because people stay. That's where they bond and connect, but I was just Uh likened to when years ago I taught um, a program called The Only Diet There Is by Sandra Ray. I think this is just another point for our listeners is that people that were overweight and uh, quote-unquote struggling and those kind of things, more often than not, um, if they reflected upon the time when they did grow up and what the energy was around how they would eat or the family dynamics, that was still coming through as an influencer to their relationship with food to this day. Not necessarily a positive one. So once they could get that kind of connection and put love back to what they were doing in their environment, um, they started getting naturally into the size that they were supposed to be. So I love the tie-in that you're doing with food because we don't see a lot of that out there as much as we need to and ought to. Because it is so important with sustaining our energy, uh, being forever young, you know, a lot of things. It's about, in in your case, you're talking opening and all that. So,
3: good for you. Um, When your energy is balanced in your body, and particularly balanced through your chakra points, when your energy is balanced, your body's metabolism will kick in because your body is feeling regulated perfectly. And when that happens, you naturally lose weight. I, was, I had a conversation with a young lady yesterday. She says I have about 40 pounds to lose. And she said the problem is I have no willpower. I like chocolate. I like coffee, da 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 And I said to her, you don't need willpower if you eat the right foods at the right time of day for the right reasons. You can have your chocolate, but have it early in the day. Don't have it after 2 o'clock. You know, there's certain time frames associated with the energy centers in your body that allow you to eat the things that you want to eat. It's just eating them in a different order or at a different time so that when your body's metabolism is working on certain organs, you're feeding those certain organs at that time. And literally, you drop weight. I, I can tell you myself, I started really um, being devoted to feeding my chakras about I would say December last year um, and I've lost 22 pounds since then and let me just tell you I haven't stopped eating chocolate and I haven't stopped eating ice cream or potato chips because potatoes are in the white category. <laughs> 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 but the thing and is they're the it's, best. <laughs> it's, it's eating everything else as well. It's eating the green vegetables for your heart. It's eating yellow fruit and and squash and things like that for your solar plexus, which is in your belly area. It's adding the other things, too. If you're only eating the junk, you're never going to lose weight. Your body's not going to be balanced. But if you're eating all the good things in addition to, you've got a much better trail going for your body where your body's working with you and not just trying to constantly fight the junk that you happen to be putting in. Obviously, the less junk you put in, the better, but certain things like chocolate, um, like dark chocolate specifically, are a, a benefit to your body. They help certain organs in your body. So understanding what foods work with your energy sources will actually kickstart your metabolism to be working for you So that you don't have to do a diet. All you have to do is eat in a certain order for certain reasons. And, you know, there's so much that comes into every single category. There's got to be just in the white category alone. Like I think I have maybe five or six examples on every category for right now. But I am putting together there's over a hundred different white things you can eat. And you don't think about it. Who thinks about white food, (laughs) you know? Um, But there's really a large variety from chicken, which is a white meat, pork, which is a white meat. There's, you know, fish is white. You know, there's there's all kinds of things that fall in each category. So you're not limited in having to eat only a handful of things. No, you can eat thousands of things. It's just a matter of recognizing what foods are going to work for what parts of your body.
2: That's awesome. Um, Tell us another story of two about how people have come through and experiences with some of your clients, because I know you have many stories to tell.
3: Well, one of my all-time favorites, I have to say. Excuse me, um, was a reading I did last summer. This lady was seventy-two years old, and her mother had died at childbirth, and. Uh, so the lady obviously never got to meet her mother, and the father remarried three months later, and so the lady was raised with the new mother her entire life, absolutely loved her as her mother, knew she wasn't her birth mother, but, you know, had they had a great family dynamic, so... The lady is turning, uh, you know, she's over 70 now, and she's not real healthy, and she wants to see if she could reach out to her mother because she wonders, when she passes away, will she recognize her mother when she crosses over? She's never met her before. Will I know her? She wanted to know. So the mother comes through, and it was such a beautiful, beautiful moment for this young lady. Um, The mother explained from the moment she found out she was pregnant to the moment she gave birth because apparently she knew she wasn't going to make it through the childbirth. So she explained every day of her life what her routine was for those nine months, the songs that she used to sing, the certain foods that she used to eat, um, how she would rub her belly. I mean, she explained in such beautiful detail for this lady exactly what it meant to her to be pregnant, knowing that she'd never get to see the life of this child. So she gave everything she could through those nine months. Well, two things were so interesting. One was the lady used to make these lemon squares, and that was her favorite thing to make. And the daughter ends up to be a pastry chef, and ma- and it is, loves, loves, loves lemons. That's her favorite thing. So now the daughter's like, no wonder I love lemons so much. That came from my mother that I never met. And isn't it interesting that my mother was so into baking and I became a pastry chef. So uh, that was true. such a cool wow. thing for her. You know, she was just in tears so happy to be able to understand why she had this passion for baking but also why she was you know in love with lemons <laughs> well that's because that came from mom so that tie-in together and the daughter was so happy to be able to talk recipes with the mother and to be able to say she I use this and I use that and the mother's like well I used to make it this way, and I used to use these ingredients. But, you know, now you have to use different ones because they don't make that anymore and lard and things like that, you know. But it was such a unique little conversation between the mother and the daughter. And by the time we were done, we did a, about an hour and a half reading with her. And by the time we were done, she said, Well, Mom, I will definitely recognize you when I come, and you will you please be the one to receive me? And the mother said, Yes, I will be there for you. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing, and, and all revolving around these lemon squares. As soon as the lemon squares came up, the whole reading shifted to kitchen talk, baking, and love of food, and it really gave the daughter a whole understanding of her cravings and the, the foods that she loved all these years. It was really beautiful.
2: That must have meant yeah. the world to her. I mean, really, it totally. just tied it all and brought it right back to home. That's a powerful yeah, story. She,
3: she literally said to me "She, when we were done, she said, Janie, if I died tomorrow, I would be so peaceful knowing that my mother is going to be there to receive me.
2: Oh, Wow. It's-
3: yeah. Priceless. Priceless. <laughs> wow, amazing. that's a that's a that's a, <laughs> a, a
2: tier one. Tell us a bit about your book, I'm living with angels, because um I yeah. know that uh, it's a very powerful book.
3: Well, it started out where you know, I really want to keep everybody's privacy and I don't want to um I don't want to expose anybody. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't want people to be yeah. reached out to. Right. So I started to I started it as a journal for myself so that I could um, record conversations I was having just in script, just writing it out so I could remember some of these years later because what happens is a lot of these messages aren't for me, therefore I don't retain them. And I wanted an ability to go back and see what I had done over the year. And so that's how it all started. And uh, I had somebody say to me, You have such interesting days. Your days are so interesting because you have a dozen different conversations with a dozen people you've never met before. And then, you know, they each have a handful of their loved ones in spirit and whoever wants to come through and talk. So you're meeting like 100 people a day in essence. And I thought that was really funny because I never thought about it that way. And what, uh, what that person said to me is, you really should write a book so that people could understand what your world is like. And so when I started to look at my journal, I thought, I think it's more meaningful to briefly talk about what the reading was, but more talk about what's the lesson that I learned from that reading that's more of a universal lesson for everybody, not just the reading that happened for that particular person or couple or or group or whatever, but what came as a result of that that is more on a universal level and so that's how i wrote my book so i tell stories and readings that i've done but then i also really elaborate on the message that was not only for me in that reading but applies to you and everybody we know and that to me was far more fascinating than the fine details of each reading you know along the way so i have about a hundred Examples in there from children reaching out to their parents that they had never met or uh, parents died in an accident and the children were babies, um, from 97-year-old men who uh, were reaching out to their family who were uh, killed tragically in a bombing. I mean, every single degree you can imagine of life and what's happened in life on Earth but what is the message that spirit and our loved ones who have crossed over, what are they trying to teach us by coming through to us? Why are they coming through to talk to us? What is the value to us as a human still alive on earth as a result of the connections? So for me, that was a really a fascinating revelation as I would look at each story or each uh, reading that I've done. And go, wow, you know, the, the real meaning behind this reading was this. The real meaning behind this reading for the rest of us was this. You know, obviously they're, they're individual for the person getting their own messages. But for me as an outsider, looking at what just occurred in that hour conversation, it was really aha moments of, oh, wow, I'm so grateful that I really got an understanding of that. That would have never happened had someone not come through the other side and explained that to me for this young lady or for this person. So for me, that was the real fascinating part that you never hear about, and that was the reason that I put the book together. Um, I'll tell you something really cool. This is kind of outside of the subject, but it ties back in. I Every year... In uh, Beverly Hills on Rodeo Drive, they have Santa and Mrs. Claus. They sit them in a throne on uh, a red carpet, and kids from 50 different countries come from all over the world to sit on Santa's lap year after year, traditionally, um, from, like, Moscow, Russia, and from China and Japan and Indonesia, you name it. Well, I was fortunate enough last year and again this year to play Mrs. Santa Claus. And so last year I had 52 countries of families come and sit on our lap over the entire month of December for four hours a day. And a lot of them didn't speak English. So they would communicate with us in really unusual ways, you know, through hand signals and trying to draw things and and that type of thing. But what was happening for me is as these children would sit on my lap, the spirit would come through and show me who they were and show me where they live and what their life has been to that point. And it was really amazing. I had this one young man I will never forget. He was from Iraq. He was seven years old. He couldn't speak English. He sat on my lap and he kissed his fingers and he put his fingers on my cheek and as he touched my cheek, I saw his entire family had been shot. I saw someone broke into his apartment with guns, shot the entire family. He and his mother were the only survivors. This is what I'm seeing as this child is sitting on my lap, kissing my cheek. It blew me away. I realized in that moment how much this child had gone through and how much it must mean to him to be out of that country and visiting in America at that moment. The kid asked Santa for a gun, and Santa said, the elves are making um, water guns as we speak, and how much fun it is to squirt water and play in the pool. And the mother said, no, no, he means real to protect me. And I knew right at that moment because I had just seen the whole flash of what this kid had gone through. So I knew at that moment the seriousness of what the conversation was. So I ended up uh, taking the mom and the child to the side so Santa could keep talking to other children and just held on to them. Like I literally hugged the mother and the child probably three minutes without moving the mother had tears rolling down her face, and the child just held on to me really tight. We never said a thing, but so much was said at the same time. And it was so many beautiful moments like that. that there's a bunch of those type moments that I have put in the book as well, because you just can't experience that on a daily, normal basis. And there's so many of those moments that were worth sharing and so precious. And, you know, whether you believe or or celebrate Christmas or not, the whole bigger picture of how this young boy at seven years old was now the man of the family and trying to figure out how he was going to protect him and his mother was just astonishing for me. It was a jaw-dropper. Wow. (laughs) I know. (laughs)
2: It's like, wow. I have a final question for you. How, How has this work changed you?
3: Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's an hour show all by I mean, I
2: was was just, (laughs) see, I'm a little psychic, too, and I was just getting ready to say, well, that's going to be another show we need to do. But (laughs) in a couple of minutes, how can you say how this work has changed you?
3: It has really made me appreciate human life and the uh, ability to connect to those who have passed And and particularly in the kitchen and the whole cooking thing and the whole um, bringing in that ancestry really has made me appreciate life so much more and every single human on this earth and realize that we, no matter where we live in this world, we all have the same kind of love and affection for our family, our lineage, and those who came before us and what they have to pass on. And so it's really, really waken, it, it's awakened all kinds of things in me that I never really would have considered had I not had this gift. And I almost wish that every single person in the world could figure out how to tap into their intuitive side so that they can even get a day of the beautiful things and lessons that come through from connecting the spirit. Well, it's truly been a pleasure to have you.
2: (laughs) On the show, it's really, it's, it's, it's so different and um, and what you're doing and special and, and memorable for so many people that are connecting with their lineage and, and favorite recipes and that warmth and love around the essence of what we call home. Thank you so much for being on our show. I want to remind everybody that you can please go to the website, uh, Clairvoyant Gourmet and uh, get involved with all that uh, our beloved friend is doing. Thank you so much for being with us.
3: Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure to share time with you today.
2: Keep up the amazing
3: work. Thank you, darling. You too. You're doing a bang-up job yourself. (laughs) Oh, God bless you. Bless you, love. Thank you
1: for tuning into The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www. .templehaze.org
5: Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding experience more joy in life listen to living in joy reflections on a course in miracles with lisa natoli and bill free every friday at 2 p.m central here on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world
0: Often before even beginning have we declared something impossible in our mind we often picture ourselves as inadequate or consider a task too great to attain much of our success depends on the thoughts we hold in mind our experience depends even more on the persistence with which we affirm those thoughts a wise person said it's a funny thing about life if you refuse to accept anything but the best you very often get it In Unity, we believe in the power of words and thoughts held in mind. If you sincerely ask yourself, How do I really think things ought to be? You may be surprised at your answer. You are destined to do great works. Expect it and see the positive changes in your world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org.
4: Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: If I were brave, I'd walk the razor's Where fools and dreamers dare to tread And never lose
1: faith How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests we'll share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
5: To do what we secretly
2: dream.
5: Ever notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio.
0: And explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
3: I'll light a candle in your name.
6: Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you, who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth.